Woo, that was good worship, man. That's kind of just wanting to just float on down the river there. <laughs> Amen, Lord. So before I start, I want to just uh, mention uh, in honor of our, well, it was my first pastor I ever really had, Harry Bazell. He passed away this week. He was 92. And I just uh, wanted to mention, you know, and give an honor to him. He, uh, <clears throat> you know, he gave a, a really amazing gift to, to us. Uh, and that gift was a real love for the presence of the Lord. I, if I had to boil it all down, what I received, and I'm just so forever thankful for that. And as far as I'm concerned, no matter what happens, uh, good or bad in the future, that's what I'm going for. That's, and that will always be the most important thing to me and is the Lord's presence. And I just pray that somehow that the people that received that impartation uh, back in the 70s, that's when that, how that happened. That was a long time ago. Man, that don't seem like a long time ago, but it was. I thought the 70s were awesome. They, don't, they just seem like yesterday, but... Back in those days, the Lord was doing some powerful things in the earth, and but that was the most powerful thing for me. And I believe it was a powerful thing that God did, that he would put a hunger in people for his presence. And really, in some ways, it really ruins you uh, in a good way for anything else. There's nothing else that's ever going to satisfy you again. And I just want that for people. I want you to feel that way, that you're not going to be satisfied with anything less, and if you don't have that, just ask the Lord to give you that. Ask the Lord to come on you and let you really experience His uh, presence in a, in a such a way. I mean, because everybody experiences, you know, you've experienced the presence of the Lord here this morning. But I want you to get something in you where you will be passionate about that and that you're not willing to negotiate that away for anything, that that's the last thing, the, that's the hill that you're willing to die on. You understand what I'm saying? Are y'all, t- y'all hearing me? Yeah. And so I want to pray that. I just want to pray that right now. And if you're a person that really needs that in your life and would like to have that, you really can, you, you could honestly say, I don't really have that. I'm, I don't know if I'd be willing to die on that hill. Uh, if, if that's you, just lift your hands to the Lord. Y'all, let's just close our eyes and just lift your hands to the Lord. Lord, I just ask you, Lord, you gave us a precious, a precious gift. And, Lord, uh, the most important thing that we'll ever do on this earth is steward that gift, is to, to take that gift and, and, and let it impact our lives and let it change our thinking and change our hearts, Lord, and let it be something that we want other people to have and something that we want to bring people into that would bring so much healing and deliverance, but it would just cause people to be those passionate lovers their hearts would burn, Lord, for you, Lord. And, and Lord, all the distraction, all the hurts, all that stuff would just, just, just fall off, Lord. And I just pray that you'd release that on people in this room today. I pray for the impartation of that, that you would impart and give that gift. It is a gift for passion for the Lord Jesus, for his presence, for the presence of the Holy Spirit, for knowing the Father as a father. And Lord, I just thank you for that in the name of Jesus. And Lord, thank you for Harry Bazell. And Lord, we pray for his family. You'd comfort them. Lord, it really is a passing of an era for us. It's 
something that was here on earth that was beautiful and now it's in heaven. And I just thank you for all he did, Lord, and the memory of him and uh, what he gave to us, Lord, is, is priceless. And I just want to declare that today, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, another thing I was, uh, you know, so much was going on in the worship prophetically. I know everybody, everybody in this room was getting stuff from the Lord. Uh, but one thing I saw, you know, the Bible talks about uh, the serpent in the garden. Okay? The, as a, you know, the serpent came into the garden of God. Right? The very place of God's, God's yard, God's place where God lived. And that, but that serpent came into that place. And I was seeing that this morning. I was seeing, and what Paul said, just as the, the serpent deceived Eve... It's a deception. And I believe that the enemy wants to deceive us. That's what I was feeling. The, the devil is here to deceive us. And, and, and Paul goes on to say that. I think it's uh, 2 Corinthians 11 where he talks about that. He goes on and says he deceived us by craftiness. He craftily, and people, we really must stand up against any kind of crafty thinking, any kind of clever philosophy, any kind of uh, you know worldly uh philosophies, uh, perverted theology, all these things that come to us because what he said to Eve sounded kind of right. In fact, it was partially correct, but there was, there was lies in there, and it really, look what it did to us. We're, we're suffering today because of she listened to what he said and, and, and did what he asked her to do. And so I want us to be really careful about what we're eating. You hear what I'm saying? Be really careful. There's, a not, there's this knowledge out there that's forbidden knowledge. It's absolutely forbidden. Okay? It's forbidden knowledge. We don't need to eat that knowledge because it will it'll bring death to you, just like it brought to her, to her. And so that knowledge is still here. That knowledge is still f- coming. But you know what the beautiful thing that, that Paul also said in, in uh, Romans 16, that the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Amen? Amen. Under your feet. And that's how we do it is, is by, by being in peace. Okay? Being in peace. If you're at war with other believers if, or in your family, if there's this division, if there's this strife in you, that's where the enemy is coming in. And you have to let go of that and get to a place of peace and then you'll be able to deal with that enemy. But if you stay in that place of strife and divisiveness, you know, you can't control other people, obviously, and you don't want to try to control. Does anybody want to try to control other people? That's as dumb as the day is long. I can't even control myself. <laughs> I'm not wasting my time controlling what other people do or don't do. I don't, I don't have that. Amen. So if you're a controller this morning, you need to stop. Stop even trying to control yourself and turn control over to the Lord Jesus. Amen. So that's what I was feeling in the worship. That's not my message this morning, but that might be good enough, don't you think? How many people in this room today are seeking guidance from the Lord? Anybody? Wow. You see, I think we're in a time where we need the guidance of the Lord more than ever. Honestly, y'all, I feel, I, I, you know, this is sort of, it's sort of heartbreaking to me in, in some ways, but I have to believe, I have to have hope in it at the same time that we're not going to be the, 
this church is not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same. There's, there's going to things that are going to happen that are going to, things from the outside and things inwardly that are going to shift us. Okay? And that, to me, feels a, there's a certain sadness because God has ministered to me in, in so many ways here. But I realize we're in a time where we can't stay the same. We mustn't stay the same. We must move forward into what God has. Because what, what was and what was beautiful, even the beautiful things of God in the, that were beautiful to us at one point, that ministered to our hearts so much, is, is over with. That's, that time is over. We're in a different, even a, a different decade, we're in a different era of time where God wants to reveal himself. We sing it that, you know, these angels seeing all these different uh, faces of God, these different revelations of the Father that, that spend eternity seeing him. And he wants to reveal himself to us in different ways, in new ways. And he wants us to, to become something different. But it's so challenging to really know how to, to walk this time. It's so challenging to know how to walk in a world that is so being shook so hard. And there's so much uh, non-truth that has filled the world and lies and filled the church and, and, and trying to sort through and understand really what's going on and how you should be and how you should respond, uh, you know, as far as moving forward. But here's, you know, we have to respond by putting our eyes on the Lord Jesus. That's the most important thing we could ever do is keep looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, uh, so he can, he can take us to, to, to the finish line, whatever that finish line looks like in, in our own personal lives. And, and so that's the basic things. But, you know, in your family, you're going to have you're gonna have to make decisions there's decisions coming that we that we're going to have to make. We've already been we we made decisions last year that we never had to make before. We had problems that we never faced before, trying to understand what's the right thing, what's the wrong thing. And some of there's just no clear there's no clear precedent. There's no there's no grid from the past to pull on to tell you and inform you. The grid from the past was God got us through all these things and he brought us to places where, where we realized we couldn't rely on ourselves. We've, we've been in that moment in time where we knew that we, like Paul said in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, that he, he was so close to a terrifying death and that he came to this point where he realized he couldn't rely on himself. That's what he said. I could not rely on me anymore. I had to trust God. That's what he said. I had to do that. And, and so we are at a place like that. And it's not easy. Okay? It, and it will not become any easier. You can't, because you're going to make decisions and choices that some people will, will amen and some people will, will absolutely be in your face over. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? And it's, and it's no fun when, people, when you're trying to do the best you can and you're getting, you're getting it from this side and you're getting it from that side. One side is saying you're wrong, the other side is saying you're right. You know, and that's why we have to really dial into Jesus on these things. That's how we had to really get guidance from the Father and we live unto Him and we die unto Him. Are y'all with me this morning? I'm feeling a little like you ain't. <laughs> 
I'm just trying to kind of, like I said a few times in my life, get you into my world and how my world feels. I believe your world probably feels like that to some degree. If you're, and you know, if you're a business person, you have a business, you're struggling with the same things in di- just different ways. You know, we're all struggling. Uh, you're going to struggle. You're going to have decisions to make about your family where you need God to guide you. You're going to need His guidance. You're going to make financial decisions in, an, in a world that the financial rules and principles and who's controlling things is going to be different than they were in our past. It really is. And we're going to need to hear guidance from the Heavenly Father. We're going to need Him like we've never needed Him before. Amen. That's the way I feel. I'm, I feel this thing in me stirring in me that it's time to move forward. But I'm like, well, what is forward? What is forward, Lord? And how do you move forward? I, I, I feel a stirring that God wants to, to move us. But I have no clue what that is. You know, two years ago, if that, you'd have had a good little grid that you could operate from. But now the grid is gone. You can't assume anything. All right. Well, I spent 10 minutes saying all that. Let me read this verse to you. This is really good, man. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 23. Oh, Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. That's a good lesson to learn. The way of man is not in himself. It's not in man who walks to direct his own steps. That's what, I, what's what Jeremiah, better known as the weeping prophet, you know. <laughs> hey, we've had several conversations with different people about, uh, well, well, I call it the, shirt, the church shooting itself in the foot constantly. <laughs> Let me shoot myself in the foot and give another prophetic word. You know, another urgent prophetic word that doesn't come true. You know, or hasn't come true, whatever it may be. You know, and you know, just in how in the day of Jeremiah, you had all these prophets saying something. Oh, Jeremiah was saying something opposite. Oh, God's going to deliver. God's going to do this. You know what Jeremiah said? No, he's not. He ain't delivering nobody. They threw the man in a well, and then they had to drag him out of it. You know. You know what was tragic about Jeremiah's life? was at the end, after everything that he said was going to happen, happened. You know, they, Jerusalem was destroyed. And there was a few, everybody was hauled off. All the people were hauled off into captivity. And he was left there. They left the poor of the land, that's what it said. They left the poor, broken people which kind of indicates the state that he was in at that point because he had been abused so bad by the culture. And then someone rose up, some brilliant person, we should go to Egypt, right? And Jeremiah said, you shall not go to Egypt. He, he sought the Lord about it and, and gave him a word not to go. And you know what they did? They drug him down to Egypt. They drug him down to Egypt, the very place where they weren't supposed to go. And I feel like, you know, for uh, such a sadness, you know, about his life and, you know, how God put him in a situation. But he was faithful. 
He was faithful to the Lord. And that's what God's looking for. He's looking for people who will be faithful to Him and represent Him. Okay? Even if it's not popular. Even if it doesn't go with the, with the flow of Christianity. So, one of the things I believe, this is kind of contrary to Jeremiah's life, but I'm not, I'm not designing my life on Jeremiah, honestly. <laughs> I hope you don't. I don't want to be no weeping prophet. Ooh. Lord, help. Okay, so if you look at the Bible, kind of big picture-wise, about guidance, is there's basically two kinds of guidance in the Bible. There's unconditional guidance from God, and there's conditional guidance from God, okay? Unconditional guidance is God just because He's a loving Father, like a natural Father would do, is, is working on your behalf, working behind the scenes of your life, shutting doors to things that you might want to go get involved in or you might want to do, or opening doors to places that you could never open yourself. He's just doing it because that's what God does, And I think probably everybody in this room could look back over their Christian life and their pre-Christian life and see times where God's sovereign hand, I can just see times where God directed me away from situations and away from people. I didn't know it was God, but looking back, I can see it was His love and it was His mercy getting me out of trouble, getting me from getting killed. And that God did it, even in my Christian life, there's been things that I wanted to do. There's been dreams that I believe were from God that were God that I felt should be done in a certain way and God absolutely would not let me. And then later I would realize I was so thankful that He didn't. Because if I'd have done that, I could have ruined my life. And so God is a Father that loves us. And He will, and for all of us, we have unconditional guidance from God all the time. Whether you know it or not, he's, he's guiding you. Well, there's another thing called conditional guidance. And conditional guidance, as, as is stated, there's conditions attached to getting that kind of guidance from God. Are y'all following me? Come on, anybody else? I'm looking for the rest of you. Are, are y'all fo- if you, if, you know, I'm talking to you about this because I need guidance from God. I need His guidance. So I've been searching the Word of God to find out about guidance. God, I need Your guidance. You know, because I, don't, I think we gotta, we're going to have to get some of this conditional guidance going in our life. Conditional, there's conditions tied to you receiving certain kinds of guidance. Are you following that? And so if we want to have this favor of the Lord that we all desire and that we're going to desperately need in, in our tomorrows, we need to be walking into this favor. We need God to, to, to guide us into this favor. And, he, and I believe He will, but I believe there's certain favor that we'll never have unless we meet certain conditions. Now, that's really from the Bible. Now, it doesn't mean you earn that favor. That favor has already been given, okay? But here's what that means. It means we have choices in life. We get to choose things. God doesn't require us making certain choices. So our choices can determine the favor that we have. He really can. Think about this. Let's, let me put it in the most simplistic form. There's two people. They hear the same gospel message. One says yes, they chose. They're saved. The other says no, they're not saved. One, it was based on their choice. God has already done everything for them. All they had to do was agree to it. 
Are you hearing? So that's what I'm talking about. So I'm going to give you two of those that are really important. Conditional, conditional guidance. Y'all are going to have to help me. Are y'all sleepy or something? You, you, you got this blankness all over. It's like blank. I was talking to a good friend of mine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to finish this message today. I, I'm just not. I'm going to do a couple things and I'm going to stop. Not because of y'all, but because of me. My friend, I said, how was church yesterday? He's a pastor. And he said, wow, the worship was great. And, and I felt like I had a great message. But I'm so angry because nobody received it. They, it's like nobody cares. I said, you, you're having one of those Monday morning I quit deals. I quit. And he, everything he talked, every person he talked about, it was negative. And it was like, oh, it's okay. Go ahead. Vent on, bro. By this afternoon, you'll be all fired back up again. You, The Lord will do something for you. And, you know, and I'm just going to listen to you because, you know what? I think everybody has walked down that road. I quit. I'm not doing this no more. Why should I do this? I'm wasting my time. Anyways, let me just tell you this. Let me read Isaiah 58, 10 through 11. Okay? And this is what it plainly says. Listen, if you extend your soul to the hungry and, and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as, as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually. The Lord will guide... Listen, this is the Bible. The Lord will guide you continually but he put that word if up there. He gave this condition if you would do these things. In other words, God is looking for the generous heart. If a heart's generous because that heart is reflecting the love of God because God's love is the most generous thing, it's a giving love. And selfishness and self-centeredness will cut you off from the guidance that God wants to give you. It really will. And it's just, it's just as plain as day. It says the Lord will guide you continue and satisfy your soul in drought. That's what God will do even in when there's a spiritual drought or there's a natural drought. God will deal with your soul. He will, he will give your soul the things it needs to prosper in that place. And He will strengthen your bones. That's your health. That's what they're talking about, that health. Because your bones have a lot to do with your physical health. God will make sure He does that if you have a generous heart because you've, you've, you've opened yourself up to something that's flowing in the Spirit and you've said yes to it by being generous. Now, I'm not... Listen to me. I'm talking to the choir, I believe. I believe most people sitting in here are generous. Probably some of you are generous to a fault almost, if you could be. But this is important. This really is important. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Isn't that beautiful? So the more I believe the more we love the Lord, the more generous we'll become because we'll have the love of God. That's, the, that's a true sign of the love of God. And like, it, it's just so easy in the world we live in to close our hearts off. I'm not talking about just money. I'm talking about your time. I'm talking about your resources. I'm talking about what, who, what you have, what God has given you. And it, it includes money, but it's you. You know, some people just need access to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And, and, the world, and see, what we're being told and what, we're, what we've had to deal with is this isolation thing. 
Okay? And, and it's easy for people to become isolated. It's easy for people to just start living for themselves. You know, and watching out just for them. And forgetting there's humanity around them that are desperate. That, that you carry something that they desperately need. And, and God wants us, to, hey, God wants to give us this favor. God wants to give us this guidance. And he wants to make sure we here not to be selfish, not to be self-centered, and not get so focused on our little world, my little calling, my little church, my little this, my little that, that we're so all into that that we forget these, these other human beings out there. Hey, let me make a confession to you this morning. Y'all like to hear my confessions? <laughs> Here's a confession about me. In my entire life, from probably the time I was 14 years old, I cut myself off from my family. I was I'm emotionally cut myself off from them. I'm talking about my my siblings, and and my mom and daddy. And you know, I would talk to them occasionally. I'd see them occasionally. Becky would. You know, Becky's like the opposite. You know, if, you know, she loved her family. She wanted to be around her family, even though her family was difficult and troubled people like all people are. But she still loved them for who they were and found out how, how to love them. You know, found out how to love them, how, how they could receive love from her. And, but I was exactly opposite. Like, I don't need my family. They don't like me, you know. I was a troubled uh, person in my family. I caused a lot of heartache in my family as a young person and just kind of felt rejected. I found out my sisters were asking me, did, did Daddy ever whip you? Did Daddy ever whip me? What? He beat me senseless so many times I can't remember. He never whipped me. <laughs> That's why. My sister was shocked when she asked me that. It's interesting. But recently I made this decision. I really made it at Christmas that I'm going to try to be intentional with my siblings and have a relationship. So what I'll do is I'll text them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to text you, hey, Merry Christmas. I love you. (laughs) Sorry I hadn't seen you in years. I hope everything's okay. I hope you ain't dead from coronavirus or some other vile thing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much it. My, my sister lost her husband two years ago, and I, I had never, I didn't even go see her. And some of that had to do with the coronavirus. And um, but I really felt like I was supposed to connect with my family. And you know, Becky and I had the coronavirus, so we got the antibodies. So I called them, say, "Hey, listen, I can't catch it." I'm good. Are y'all good for me coming to see you? Like, yeah, come on. We're good. We'd love you to come. So I got to go spend some time with my, with my siblings. And I felt like, you know, I felt like the Lord, I just felt like God was in it. And, that, and it was important to God. And I even made myself accountable to my sisters and said, I'm going to start trying to have a relationship with y'all. And I'm I'm just telling you this because I need to be held accountable because I know I'll backslide and, you know, go home and cut myself off from everybody again. And I just believe those kinds of things are important to the Lord when we talk about being generous with people, you know, and not living to yourself and giving, your, giving people an opportunity to know you 
and giving yourself an opportunity to know them and you know be able to speak in speak into their life and allow them to speak into your life. Does that make sense? And that's what I believe a lot of this generosity thing for a lot of you because I think most of you are pretty generous with your money. But be generous with your with your relationships. If it's if it's not family, it could be your church family people that you you know you come to church, you leave, you don't you don't connect with people, you don't give people a chance to know you. You know, I want to say this. I'm not going to finish this message because I am so all all over the road. But I will say this: part of my problem for years with the with the church was I didn't feel very worthy. Okay, so I felt like nobody needed to know me because I felt terrible about myself, you know. So I kept myself cut off from people, not because I didn't want to know people, not because I didn't want to love people, not because I didn't want people to love me, but, but I just didn't feel, I felt unlovable. I didn't feel worthy of love. And I would go to church and look around and think, oh, how great everybody else is and how wonderful they are and how sorry of a Christian I am. I don't even really deserve to be here. I'm just here because Jesus had mercy on me. I got in on, you know, I was like the glass guy. Grab that fool, man. Get him up here because he can't do any better. And so lots of times we're cut, we've cut ourselves off because of ourselves, And we're afraid for people to really know the real us because we feel like we're going to get rejected. So we put all these fronts out there, you know, to, te- to communicate to people how we really are. But that's not the real us. And the reason we're doing that is because we're scared for people to know the real us because we feel like they're going to reject us. If they reject us otherwise, it's they're rejecting the mass, the walls that we put on up. That's why they're rejecting us. They're not rejecting us, and so we feel like we're safe. Well, there you go. That's kind of a rabbit trail. I've learned all this, y'all. I've learned it the hard way. I had, to gr- I had God to deal with me and break that stuff in me. And, and what she said is get uncomfortable with that thinking. Get uncomfortable. Get rid of that thinking. Throw it aside. And don't let it capture you and keep you from being everything that God called you to be because this is the hour for the church to really arise and really be the beautiful bride of Christ. But we can't arise and be the beautiful bride of Christ if we're hiding in the corner, scared of what people are going to think about us or scared we're going to do cause some trouble for somebody, you know. You know, if you're worried about getting the coronavirus, get the antibodies and then tell them, hey, I don't have it. I can hang out. All right, here's this other one. Maybe I should stop there. You know, I'll, stop, I'll do this one more because this is really important. Uh, and this is a condition. So the first condition, this is a con- there's several things. I'm, there's many things in the Bible where it talks about God will guide us if, if you do these things. This is, it releases his guidance. This, I only had two that I wrote in because these were two that I felt was really important to me in me been seeking guidance. What's hindered me from getting guidance? I felt like my relationship with my family was hindering God, God in my life because I was not being generous with me, with my family. Did y'all get that? So however that applies to you, it may be your pocketbook, okay? Your pocketbook may be locked up, okay? And you're hindering God's guidance. That's, that's what I, I felt. This is what God was telling me is you need to get over this. Your family needs you. I have an older brother who's now got his, you know, the problems with his thinking. He was supposed to be the leader. My sisters are acting like I'm the leader. I'm thinking, I'm not the leader. You're the leader. 
You know, y'all be the leader. I don't want to be the leader. I don't want to do decisions. I just want to go hang out. This is important right here. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. It's so simple, but it's so profound. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and what will He do? He will direct your path. And so there's two things, trust and acknowledgement. And if we will trust Him, and if we will acknowledge Him, okay, and if we will not rely on ourselves, lean not to your own understanding, that's what that means. If we will not rely on what we think, what we believe, I told Becky a few weeks ago, about this whole mass con- con- controversy. I said, listen, I'm not a doctor. Okay, I'm not a medical professional. I am not qualified to say masks protect you or masks don't protect you. That's outside of my realm. Okay? If you want to talk about something about the Bible, I can sort of scribble around with you a little bit. But if you start talking about masks and about viruses, I don't... I don't, I can't advise on that. I can advise myself. I have an opinion for me. I can say, well, my opinion is, my opinion don't matter. I don't know nothing. You know, I don't know jack about masks. I don't want to know about masks. All thing I know about masks is this. Here's what I do know about masks. When I mow my lawn, a mask helps me to get, keep from getting nasally. So I put it on to keep the dust from getting in my nose. That's, how, that's my knowledge on mask. Okay? And so I've told people, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. I don't know if they help you or not. If they do, that's awesome. If they don't, you, you think they're helping you, so you're good. You know? You feel good about it. You feel psychologically good. It's like locking your doors. You know? You, you know, locking a door might not keep a person from coming in your house, but you do feel good that you locked them. Right? Okay, why did I say that, Lord? I am not trying to talk about the coronavirus or anything else. But I do think, y'all, we've got to quit this mess about that stuff. We've got to quit arguing about it. We've got to quit being divisive about it. It's not good. I'm going to tell you something. The Lord doesn't like that. It's divisive. You know? And div- division comes from Satan. It doesn't come from Jesus. You know? That's one thing the snake wants to do is bring division. But here's, so what we have to understand is, is trust is a heart issue, okay? But here's the, here's the thing. Your mind is involved in it because your mind, your mind's like the door, okay? It's the door that's going to either say yes to what the heart is, wants to do and wants to believe or it's going to say no to it. If you want to connect in the spiritual realm, you don't connect with your mind. You connect with your heart. But your mind has to give permission for you to do that. Does that make sense? And that's, that's true all through the Bible. That's why the Bible talks about getting your mind renewed. So your mind can have different thoughts and it can agree with what the heart's saying and what God wants to do because the Spirit talks to the heart. That's who we, the Holy Spirit speaks to. And that's how God really wants us to be able to begin to function. So, so here's the thing about trusting the Lord. You and I think we trust the Lord. We believe we trust the Lord. 
But when it comes down to trusting the Lord, you find out how much you really trust the Lord. Have you ever been in a situation where you really had to trust the Lord? Have you? Here's what you find out. Here's what I found out. I don't trust you. That was a hard day for me when I was in a, I was in a world-class pickle and I really needed God at that moment and I realized I don't trust you to show up in this moment. And it was a, it was a, it was a bad day, but it was also a good day because that was a day of coming to truth. Is Lord, I've claimed all my life I trusted you. But the truth is I didn't. I trust you with my salvation, you know. I trust you that I have a job tomorrow because I always had one. I trust you that the sun was going to come up tomorrow because it always comes up. But what if I was in a situation that if God didn't show up, I wasn't going to be doomed? Did I really trust him? And see, that's, that's what uh, the writer of Proverbs is talking about. Yeah. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to, on your own understanding. Don't rely on self. Don't lean to what you think you know. And that's what I was talking about, the mask. I'm not leaning on my knowledge of the mask. I'm not going to lean on my knowledge about politics, y'all. Okay, because again, I'm out of, it's out of my class. I, I can't, I can only tell you my personal opinion, which could be, could be awfully wrong. You know, it could be awfully wrong. And so I want to stick to the lane that God's given me and the information I feel like God's given me. I can be, I can be sure on that. You know, I can be sure on those things. But all this other stuff, I can't be sure on. That's why I'm telling you we need guidance from the Lord because I hate to tell you, you can't be sure about it. That's the problem. None of us can. None of us can know for sure. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to guide us. That's why we need to ask Him. We need your guidance. Help us with guidance. Because in the past, guidance was pretty broad because we had a lot of good experience and, we, and things were going a certain way. Now, things are not going to keep going that way. Our country's not going to keep going the way it went, y'all. It's not. It's changing. Some, there's something going on in the world that's diabolical and evil that transcends the United States of America. And, and it's shifting the way the world is. It really is. And God wants to bring us into this place where we're trusting Him. God wants to bring us into this place where we're getting information from, from heaven instead of our own minds so we'll know what to do. And we'll know how to take care of our families. We'll know how to make decisions. We'll know how to lead ministries. We'll know how to lead churches because we're following Him and not some principles. You know, and I just feel this desperation in my own heart. I know people don't like desperation word, but that's how I feel. Let me say this about acknowledge. Acknowledge means to honor Recognize and be thankful. So it said, in all your ways, trust Him and acknowledge Him. In all your ways, honor the Lord. All, all your ways, uh, be thankful to Him. Right? Uh, all your ways, recognize that God is with you. And He said, I won't leave you or forsake you. It, begin to recognize that in your situation. Lord, I know you're here. I'm not hearing you. I don't know what to do. I feel stupid. You know, and I wish I knew, but I know you're with me. I know you love me. I know you have affections for me. God, I just know that somehow you're going to walk me through this. What did he say? Don't pull your hand away from that hand that's trying to take your hand. That, that was profound. Who, who said, Marlon, did you say that? Yeah. It's, Louise said it. Marlon claimed he said it. That's between, <laughs> But 
I thought that was profound because that's what we do. Because God wants to take our hands and lead us through this. But he wants us to cooperate with him. You know, so I think I'm going to stop, y'all. i got a whole lot more on guidance. But I'm, I'm asking the Lord to guide me. You know, and I, I pray that. And I know some of you are trying to make some pretty hard decisions right now. I, uh, um, I, well, we all are going to have to get some, we need guidance. I listen to a lot of pastors, okay, from different, wow, different, gosh. I've been talking to pastors that, listen, I'm politically right. I'm on the right, okay? I'm not on the left. I've been talking to pastors who are on the left, okay? They are left thinking. They are left, even in their biblical theology, but I I do know this about these pastors. They love Jesus, maybe more than I love him, okay? They love him. They love God. They may approach God different than I approach him. I keep my mouth shut about a lot of my feelings because I think they might not like me if I told them how I felt about some of the stuff. But I will say this. Every one of them, every one of them are struggling majorly with what I'm talking about. Every one of them, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to stop people in our church from fighting over masks. Or fighting over Biden, or fighting over the prophetic words, or fighting over Trump. I don't know how to. I don't know how to stop them. See, this is rampant in the body of Christ in America, and and all these people are and people are suffering. The people of God are suffering. You know, and God wants to talk to us, and God wants to lead us and take us into the places that He has for us. Okay, and that's how we're going to be able to really shine. As lights. Amen? Oh, Lord, help. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Help us. One of my faults that I had, I, I'm really am ending, okay? One of the faults I used to have was if somebody died, okay, I didn't want to go talk to them. Like, I don't want to go talk to them. Well, you have to. You're the pastor, right? You don't have a choice, son. Get up and go. I don't want to. Why don't you want to? I don't know what to say to them. And one day the Holy Spirit said, don't say anything to them. You don't have to say anything. You're not the answer, man. Just go be there with them. Go and let them be there and just let them know you're there with them whether you have an answer or anything. You don't have to have all the answers. All you got to do is let yourself be known. Let yourself be there for people. And I found out that's all people really want in those moments. They're not looking to you for some answer. In fact, they're asking us a question like, why did God let this happen? I don't know. Well, nobody knows, do they? That's what they say. Well, yeah, I'm nobody. <laughs> you know? And so I think God wants to release us from having to have the answers and having to be right. Are y'all hearing me? We don't have to be right. Get free of having to be right about everything. And I think when you do that and you, when you realize you're wrong about something, well, I was wrong. 
that was just me. I was wrong. That's okay. God has made allowances for your being wrong. You know, in other words, that's not going to hinder your destiny. Are y'all hearing this? Yes. Yeah. I think if we start doing this, and, and it could be kind of hard, honestly, um, to do all this. You know, I made Becky not talk to me about stuff. Like, no, don't talk to me about that. Mm-mm. I'm not talking about. Then I go be around all my family. What do they want to talk to me about? Politics. I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. Okay, yeah, uh-huh, listen, let me, I need to hear what you're saying. You know, because <laughs> I wanted to be with them. Well, let me ask the Holy Spirit to help me out of this mess. <laughs> guide me out, Lord. Lord, guide us out. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for being critical, being judgmental. Lord, I, I, I feel like this, Lord. The only answer we have for our country is Jesus. We really don't have another answer. He's the answer. We don't really have an answer for this coronavirus. Lord, Jesus is the answer for it. Lord, you're the answer for the body of Christ in America. Lord, I just pray for the church in America. Lord. Just ask you, Lord, somehow you come on the church, Lord, because if you don't, we're, we're going we're gonna, to sink deeper and deeper into this mire we found ourselves in. I'm asking you, Lord, to come on the body of Christ in America. I'm asking you, Lord, to pour out your spirit on us, Lord, in a way we've never known, Lord. Lord, I'm asking you, Lord, that you would come and move and we would say yes. Lord, we're saying to you today, it don't have to look like it did in the past. It don't have to be like it was. All we're saying, Lord, if we have you, we know that you would come and you would move and you would direct us and you would lead us as a shepherd. You said you would do that. You said your sheep could hear your voice and know your voice. And Lord, there's so many voices, Lord, out there today clamoring to get us to hear them. And Lord, we want to hear the voice, the voice that you have for us. The particular voices that you have for us individually and the particular voices that you may have for us as a church. That's what we're desperate to hear. That's what we need to hear today, Lord. And I'm asking you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, that you would come. We need your guidance. I'm asking you for guidance. Lord, I'm asking you to give me guidance, Lord. I need your guidance, Lord. I need it. In 2019, I had this amazing thing with the Lord. And this was the Lord. I saw a horse that was in a corral that had a harness on him. And I saw the Lord go to that horse and take that harness off of him and open the gate of the corral and say, it's time for you to come out of the corral. And the Lord said to me, that horse is you. I literally felt something come off of me that God had on me. You know how they train a horse. They put them in there and do all that stuff. I don't know any much about horses. 
And then all this stuff happened, and I'm thinking, what in the world, Lord? Was that even real? I mean, that seems so far away, but I believe God wants to release the body of Christ. I really do. I think there's people who've been harnessed, who've walked with God for years, and He wants to get that harness off of you now and get you out of the corral and get you moving in a direction because you have what it takes. You have it in you. You have it in you. And let's just stand up. Marlon, come out here and... Thanks, Byron. <clears throat> um, last Sunday I had this word the Lord gave me. I didn't feel released to share it. But I felt like today was the right time. And it's out of his eye where he says, and you share his voice behind he says, walk this way. So you should actually go read Isaiah 30, the whole thing. It's rough. Okay? I just tell you straight up, it's rough. But it will give that scripture and put it in context and make it pretty powerful for you. Amen? So I'm just going to pray and release you guys. Father, we just thank you just for this morning, Father. Thank you for your generosity, your word, your truth. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for letting that marinate in our hearts, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for this moment. And we all say Amen. So we have the... Oh, just kidding. Hey, what Mama Becky says, she felt it. It's done. It's Christ before me, behind me, beside me. It's Christ before me.